When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Sometimes it's the normal, sometimes it's the abnormal, and sometimes it's the paranormal. Welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson. Thanks for being here tonight. We've got a very interesting discussion lined up for you. We're going to be talking to Gordon Curl Smith. He's the author of a book called Revelation Antarctica. And we'll be talking about many, many facets of the paranormal as it relates to his book. And uh, we'll bring him on in just a couple of moments. Don't forget, tomorrow night we've got Brian Clune and Bob Davis join us, joining us. Their authors will dis- be discussing their new book, Ghosts and Legends of Alcatraz as well as Frank Sumption's Ghost Boxes. So a lot of uh, interesting paranormal discussion coming up tomorrow night, and uh, we look forward to those conversations. Swing by our YouTube page, give it a like. It is Beyond Reality Radio, or just search for J.V. Johnson. Very, very easy way to find it that way. We're going to go right to break. When we come back, we will bring in our guest, again, Gordon Curl Smith tonight on Beyond Reality Radio. Who loves horror movies? What about horror movies with homicidal clowns? And what about horror movies where a supernatural and malevolent undertaker turns the dead of the earth into dwarf zombies to be used as slaves? Then get to Scare-A-Con at the Rochester Riverside Hotel, October 18th through 20th. Celebrity guests including the Phantasm 40th Anniversary Cast Reunion and Hellraiser's Pinhead, Doug Bradley. Scare-A-Con, the ultimate horror and pop culture gathering. Get the full con schedule and discount tickets at Scare-A-Con.com. Uh, but we're excited tonight because we've got a very uh, special returning guest, actually. Tonight, our guest will be Gordon Curl Smith. Gordon has been on the program before. He's got a new book out called Revelation Antarctica. And in fact, the website is the same name, Revelation Antarctica. Um, Gordon, welcome back to Beyond Reality Radio. It's an honor and a pleasure to have you here with us again. Glad to be back with you. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so uh, last time you were here, if memory serves me correctly, you were writing about um, helping, I think it was helping children with yeah. uh, out-of-body experiences? Uh, uh, with with past life. Past memories. lives, that's right. Now I remember. Exactly, yeah. And, yeah, that- and it was all in the, it was all with a cute little penguin uh, <laughs> and a cute little, and a cute little penguin soul that went from one uh, type of uh uh, penguin to another, and uh, and worked its way up until finally he be- he became a he became a, an emperor. That uh, that was a fascinating discussion. I remember it well now. Um, how has it been received? Have you gotten a lot of feedback for that? Yeah, but um, do you know that there are some people who are uh, they're a little bit scared of it. They're afraid that you're going to open Pandora's box. Well, in some kind of spiritual sense, do you mean, or or just yeah, in, in- I mean that. Yeah, I mean the people who are the people who who are interested in it are people who are aware of the of the phenomenon, and in many cases, people who actually have children who show uh, unusual talents at a very early age. But but when you start talking about it to people who are not tuned into this at all, they they really are afraid that that, that something awful is going to happen, and they they sort of shy away from it. 
so it's um maybe it maybe it's time is not quite yet here but uh, but for the, for those who like it they really like it but but as i say quite a number of people are a tiny bit a tiny bit unsure well you have a uh, a new book has has the new book been released yet or, or is it about to be released no it is really it was actually it actually came up on amazon yesterday oh. or the day before so oh. it's brand new brand spanking new and uh, both the printed version and the kindle are are available perfect timing them um the title is called revelation antarctica why yeah. is this book unique well um first of all it, it's the, it's a follow-on from a book that i i wrote before called genesis and antarctica which told the story of the discovery of uh, urns under the antarctic ice containing documents which proved the reality of of a civilization that predated all others and it was it was written in a certain way so that you were never really sure if it was true or, or not because there were there were the stories transcribed from the so-called uh, documents and it was backed up by articles from newspapers interviews with with scientists um uh, and all sorts of things. So, so you, it was all a little bit, a little bit vague with, as to whether it was real or whether it wasn't real. And following on from that, then we now have uh, Revelation Antarctica, which brings things together and goes even further in in uh, doing something different. Uh, which, which you, I, I guess you you saw that it's it, it's got all sorts of entrances and exits this this book <laughs> yeah uh, which is is a rather unique approach to probably writing but certainly a unique approach to reading is this something that uh, people are going to be able to just decide for themselves where to jump in and where to jump out yeah i think that 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 um most people will initially read it from beginning to end uh, may, maybe i should i should perhaps explain that uh it consists of 99 chapters one would call them i call them items uh, there are there are there are 99 of these and they cover 12 or so different types of story some of them are stories of quite ordinary people uh, another one would be is a very extraordinary person who's who's a medium and these these chapters are interrelated to each other uh, but you're never quite sure to what degree so if you read the story from beginning to end okay you 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 get you get tied up in in, in a particular story uh, for example at the beginning what ha- one of the things that happens at the beginning is there is a new movie called star peace and uh, what happens at the premiere of star peace is that in cinemas or over cinemas all over Britain and and the States and in Johannesburg and loads of places when the people come out from the first night of this of this movie they discover that there's a UFO hovering over the cinema and of course they think it's a it's it, it's a publicity stunt and the and the 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 people who the, well what is it the 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 filmmakers the 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 corporation that makes the movie uh, 
are told by 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 the by the CIA and people like that to 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 swat to say that this is that it is them who's doing it, whereas in fact it isn't. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <clears throat> and then then okay, you finish that story, and then you go you go on and you discover that uh, <clears throat> a, a young boy who is waking up in the waking up in the moonlight and is obviously having past life memories. And and then you go on to something else. What's what's what next is there? Um, oh yeah, there's a NORAD briefing. There's, now, as uh, as you're listing these these topics mm-hmm. or these ideas, uh, these are are yeah. these each individual chapters one one each of the ninety nine that you referenced? Yeah, that, that's it. Yes, and each each one is maybe uh, two or three pages, uh, or well, there are one or two. That, like there is there is a. Um, a meeting in the in the Oval Office of the White House, which actually is six pages. That's the longest. <laughs> and you, um, these these stories uh, have have a thread through them, but they can be read in any sequence, right? Right. Well, there are twelve threads. There are, there okay. are, there are actually twelve different different threads, and uh, yeah, they can be re- they can be read in um, in any order or sequentially. Now I I don't I don't know if any other work um of um any any other written work is has been pre- uh, presented this way is is this a new concept altogether as far as I know uh, I've looked around there are there are one or two children's books uh, sort of the the Jimmy the rabbit uh, you can decide if Jimmy the rabbit is going to school today or if he isn't you know things like this <laughs> Yeah, so but, so in uh, something like that, that is, I'm trying to remember what the what the name. You probably know, Gordon, what the name is, but there's where you can actually make decisions that affect the story along the way. Does that happen in your book, or is it a different type of random approach? No, no, it's a different type. It's it's a different yeah. type of random approach. Yeah, um, because the the idea is the idea behind all this is to say that all reality is happening at the same time uh, there's no such thing as time and and everything un- unfolds according to or according to the way we approach it and so this this in some cases like for example the ufos over the cinemas which end up going to antarctica and burning a hole well burning and melting a huge hole in the ice um, for example, there are two versions of that. On, in, in one version, they arrive in Antarctica and blast immediately a two-mile deep hole, uh, which is where they discover the the ruins of the civilization which was in the first book. And then there's another version whereby they hang around for a couple of weeks before they start blasting. And so, and the idea is so that you understand that nothing is finite. Everything is in flux. Everything happens at the same time, which is why one can read the 99 items in whatever order one likes. Okay. So the obvious question, Gordon, next is where did you come up with this concept? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> as um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I expect you had a look at a quick look at the article I I, I sent you. Yes. Um, um, because uh, the whole thing came together in a, in a rather strange way because um, it was it was it was in 
in May 2018 when I looked out of the kitchen window and I saw Venus in the sky and there was this sort of boom. And I thought, what was that? And, and it seemed I felt that something had been delivered. You know, you've got mail, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and there were several ideas, and and uh, at the time, actually, I was still working on the penguins, and I thought, hey guys or whoever, um, uh, give me a break, I want to finish the penguins. But anyway, I, I did work on it a while and got and got um, a few chapters done, and then waited for the for the penguins to be finished, and then came back to it in in October last year, and. Like I'd always done, I would write at various times of day, et cetera, et cetera, and very often in the evening, which is not the best time to do it. But anyway, and uh, also, um, so 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 what what happened there was one morning, I woke up, or I was woken up, I don't know, but anyway, I I woke, I woke up at five o'clock in the morning with a sort of idea: get get onto your laptop and 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 get going, you know, and uh, and I did. And and it was like that every morning for about for about nine months, uh, almost without without a without any change. I mean, um, every morning, not not always exactly at the t- same time, but and very often I thought, hey, I'm going to do a, I'm going to develop that particular storyline, and it wasn't like that. I mean, I, well, once I started typing, it was it sort of flowed, but it was about something else, and. But this is not, you know, and, I, and it's important, obviously, to, well, I think it's important to say this is not automatic writing. Um, I'm not sort of in a trance and going, oh, I can hear right, the voice. Right. <laughs> but it was it was extremely pragmatic. And um, and OK, the ideas were coming from somewhere. And my experience of, of working with words for, for 50 years was doing the the heavy lifting actually so so you know it, there was the initial idea wherever it comes from and then there was the the, the nuts and bolts of, of putting it all together and it was as i saw the diversity of the the subjects i i realized that as you said this is something that apparently nobody's done before gordon i want to go back to this idea that these i that the ideas in the book came to you um, we kind of call that channeling. I think you've referenced that. You said it was a sort of channeling. Um, yeah. Again, describe to us how it started, because we got uh, kind of rushed in that last segment, but how it started, how these ideas started to come to you, and and what you were thinking as they were arriving. Were you confused by the fact that you were getting these ideas, or did it seem natural to you? Well, it kind of seemed natural. I mean, the, 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 first, the first lot... That, that came in, in uh, when I saw Venus and there was this sort of little capsule. Uh, that was that was one thing. But when I got onto the the, the process of being awakened or, or waking at, at any time between four and six in the morning and and having a, and, and then writing uh, an item, um, that seemed to be perfectly natural. Uh, and the 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 initial idea came, but in I would say 60 or 70 percent of of cases, I knew how it started, but I didn't know how it was going to end. And but but it just flowed along. And and but but what was even more fascinating was that we have these we have these 12 storylines and 
when I started getting towards the end, when I, I had I'd done about 60 items, for, for some reason, I, the idea was right from the outset that there should be 99 uh, of these items. But when, he, when, I, when I was getting up to about the 50s and the 60s, uh, I started to see how they related to each other. And okay, there was a little bit of adjusting to do, but not that much. And and it was surprising how everything fitted together. And really, I I hadn't planned it that way. I think if I'd set set out to, to plan a book like this from the word go, I, I think it would be impossible. Uh, I think it, it's a book. It, it was a book that had to build itself, and then I had to come in and and tighten a few nuts and bolts and uh, tighten up a tighten up a paragraph here and there. And and bring it all together. Um, so so it did seem a very natural process, and and a very and I must say a very intense, uh, a very intense process right. as well. Right. As these um, ideas were coming to you, and you were working them into the uh, final product, uh, which is the book, um, and then you had a chance to look back at it. Did you determine? If the source was um, within you, was coming from somewhere within you or somewhere else, did you ever even give that any thought or were you just thankful it came? Uh, well, I was certainly thankful it came. Um, it did. I mean, the actual the actual ideas, shall I say, they blossomed. So whether they were coming from inside or outside, I don't know. But they they just sort of they just blossomed. And and so and then and then I I just worked on them to get them into into a good form. Um, yeah, that that's all I can say. Yeah, I, you, know, you talk. I, I, you, the book covers some very very um, uh, in, interesting and certainly involved topics that that weave throughout the stories that you present in the in the book itself. You know uh, about the moon, about reptilians, about angels, about. Um, as you said, uh, UFOs, um, about uh, underground civilization. I mean, there's some very, very interesting concepts here. Did any of this information, as you were writing and as it was coming to you, seem to you to be advanced information, maybe information that you didn't necessarily think you possessed and it, it may have had a, uh, an exterior source? Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. And and what and, and what sort of gives that credence is that that there are a number of people who are very much into the esoteric and stuff and they 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 said uh you know this is um this is this is really sort of weapons grade revelations yeah yeah Um, and did you realize it as it was happening well well, i i don't know i i I was just i was just doing the job you know (laughs) So, uh, but I was very excited about it, and I realised that the, the way, as I say, the way everything is slotted together was 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 so invigorating. Um, and and one day, one day I was uh, I was heading out towards the supermarket, and suddenly this phrase came into my mind, which said, um, "Imagination." Now, what is it again? Let me make sure. Imagination is the most powerful force in the universe, and I declaimed that. And then I thought, have I heard that before? And of course, it was our dear friend Albert Einstein. But I didn't. But it just it just hit me. But it, but it's it's kind of the slogan for the book, because imagination is 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 something that 
that links us with 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 all creative forces. If you if you're imagine if you've got an imagination, then you are going to be creative and you're going to be in greater harmony with the universe. And as this book was being written and as these this inspiration was coming to you, you didn't recognize that it, it it was all going to fit together as nicely as it does. Um, and it kind of a, you couldn't really see the forest through the trees at the time until uh, it was complete. Well, no, up until when I when I'd done about, as I said, done, I'd done about fifty or sixty. I know I'd say about about sixty, and and because then there there were enough episodes of the various storylines which which could be built together, and um, so that was uh, that was it was at about that point that, that I started readjusting, and a very important thing is that in between these stories. There are eighteen. There are eighteen items which really go into the depths of stuff. Like one of them is called quantum interpretations, or uh, there's a there's a young girl who does a thesis on a master's. She get does a master's in matrix studies, uh, and then we get a, a, an article about creativity and spirituality. So there are there is some shall we say pure philosophy in with the uh, UFOs and the OVNI, with with the UFOs and the mediums and all and all the rest of it. If you were to hand someone the book and they said, "Should I start at the beginning and just read through, or should I do something else?" How, how would you advise them? Would you say uh, start anywhere you like, or is, is there is there a preferred way to read this? Well. You know, I, as I say, I rather think most people initially will read it from beginning to end. Right. Um, but there, uh, but so far we've had quite a few people who've gone back on it and and read it again, but at random, and uh, and they and they got even more out of it. Um, but there, there are different ways of determining how to uh, how to read these these items so okay there's the there's the one where you start at the beginning and go on to the end and then you've got a one where you follow the storylines and in the book there are all the numbers so if you want to have the story about the ufos then you you read there's a list it tells you 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 must read items 4 9 15 24 28 60 etc and so there you will have the stories separately. So that's that's another way of, 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 of having a go at it. And and then you can you can do what we call pick and mix. So you just flip through and see what inspires you. And this can bring up some interesting things. But the the gold standard <coughs> is to uh, actually do it at random and <laughs> The book even can even in gives you information as to how you can create a sequence of ninety nine items at total random. There's a you you can go onto a, a computer site onto a onto a, a website and get a completely random uh, number generated by a computer, and you follow that. And there it starts getting interesting because you you might sort of start off at the at the end. And then uh, there was one. There was one friend who read it backwards. Actually, <laughs> found that was quite interesting. Uh, and so you can you can 
have this complete random. Now, as you, you might have seen that the number of possible permutations with 99 items is absolutely mind-boggling. There's like, there's, a, there's, there's sort of so many, there's so many hundreds of thousands or so already so, ready, so many million followed by about 50 zeros. Yeah, I, that was a number that I couldn't even, I, I don't know what the, what the name of that number is. There were but so it, many zeros. Godzillions. No, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it, it goes beyond, it goes beyond the, 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 the billions, obviously, and the, the quadrillions and, and all the rest of it. Yeah. I mean, the, these, these are words that have absolutely no meaning to us, uh, because, um, you know, you're not going to have that. You're not going to have to talk about that with your banker, probably. <laughs> and and if if you read it, uh, say you read the book uh, start to finish the first time, then you go back yeah. and you read it in a random way. Maybe you go to the website and get the computer generated sequence. Um, is it going to ha- is it going to leave a different impression on you? I think so. Well, in particular, a couple of friends who have done that, yes, they they found they found it much more much more profound because as several of the stories are real are real sort of cliffhangers they and they end at they end at, then you you want to know what's going to come next and then in the, the 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 normal order of things you've got an article about something completely completely different so um it is it is something that, that if you go back uh, you will you will you'll get more out of it just a quick reminder, if you watch the program or listen to the program on our YouTube stream, you get to see some interesting facts, figures, videos, information, some nostalgia, some cutesy stuff, whatever it happens to be that our uh, assistant producer Orion has in store for you during the breaks. Kind of fun. Kind of fun to do that. Uh, we like to uh, to offer some of the obscure and uh, in some cases maybe even never seen before stuff, at least not by many of us. So check out the YouTube page. It's JV Johnson. If you go to YouTube, just search it. JV Johnson or even Beyond Reality Radio, either one. You'll find it and subscribe. We'd love to have you as part of our group there as well. And also thank you to all the great radio stations that carry the program around the country. That list grows continuously, and we welcome you all to the Beyond Reality Radio family. Uh, Gordon, I want to bring up a, a concept that might need a little bit of explanation, but it kind of forms the foundation of a lot of the work that you've done. And that's uh, is it's uh, meta realism or meta realism? Tell us what that is. Yeah, meta realism uh, is was initially the, the the name of a, of a movement of painting uh, in in the Netherlands, and because in another life, but I mean in this life, I was I was an artist. And I painted sort of surrealistic and symbolic paintings. Uh, and then I met a, a, an artist called Joffre Boschart, oh, way in, when was it, in the, in the 1980s. And he painted like Dali. And I thought, when I saw that, I thought, forget it. You know, I, you, I, I should have to get sort of 15 years of art school to paint like him. And it was at that moment that I decided that I was going to paint with words instead of paint and i wanted to do to, to create the, the same kind of meta realism as he created in his paintings meta realism in 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 works like like dali as well to a degree they they are they may be weird they may be strange they may be this that or the other but because they are so well painted you can't you can't um say that they don't exist and so what i wanted to do the same thing with words and that was the 
that was the reason why I called the first book, Genesis Antarctica, a, a meta-realist uh, legend. And so that has sort of followed on into, into the new book, uh, except that here it, it, it's much, you, you, are, you are aware that it's, that it's fiction, or at least you said, yes, well, a lot of it you know is fiction, but it's symbolic fiction. And the, the articles that I, that I mentioned, the items I mentioned that, that are rather more serious uh, are, are something which give a whole twist, a different twist to the whole story. You realise that it isn't just a story, that it is, it is highly symbolic and it can, it can trigger reactions in people's minds that... that sparks their imagination and as imagination is such an important thing it means that this book is a tool to open up their imagination and get them going on the on the journey towards ultimately enlightenment on the other side of our top of the hour break we're going to get into some more details of the stories in the book and uh, but before we do that we only have about a minute here where can people get a hold of the book and i know you mentioned it earlier in the program but mention it again and find yeah, out more um, information about all of your work in fact yeah i mean there is the the the, the two book well the two books the, the new book the the kindle version and the and the printed version, the paperback, are on Amazon, and they've they've been on there since yesterday or the day before. So it's hot off the press, and uh, so you can pick them up there, and and the other book and the other books as well. So um, yeah, so that, that that's basically where 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 one can go. And the website uh, has a has a bunch of videos on it, which uh, offer some insight into the book as well. Yeah, yeah. This is this is uh, this is yeah. Revelation Antarctica dot com. It, it isn't it isn't its final version, I must say. But um, but anyway, there is a there is a there is a clip to give you an idea of what it's about, and it it gives you some of some of the background. So um, it's. It, it's a good start, but we, we, we've still got some things to, to add to that. Great show underway with Gordon Curl-Smith. We'll continue our conversation with him in just a moment. Looking ahead, tomorrow night we've got Brian Clune and Bob Davis with us, authors of a book called Ghosts and Legends of Alcatraz. And uh, we're also going to talk about the uh, ghost box. That's an invention of Frank Sumption, and it's a device that some paranormal investigators say helps them communicate with the other side. We'll find out what that's all about and how it works, and uh, we'll find out more about Alcatraz as well in tomorrow night's conversation. Remember that Friday night is always a best-of show here on Beyond Reality Radio. And then next week on Monday night, we've got Melissa Tittle, who will be with us. She's the director of original content for the Gaia streaming service, and she's produced a documentary called Unearthing Nazca, The Complete Story about mysterious mummies that have been unearthed in Nazca, Peru. That'll be a fascinating conversation on Monday night's show. Be sure to join us for that. If you listen to the program as a downloadable podcast, please rate it for us and share it with your friends. If you catch the show um, on the YouTube channel, do the same thing. Send it, share it, whatever you need to do. We want to bring more people to our group and to the program. Once again, we're talking tonight with Gordon Car uh, Carl Smith, and his book is called Revelation Antarctica. And um, I want to 
kind of get into some of these stories specifically, Gordon, because you have a lot of ideas that you explore throughout the course of the book. Um, let's talk about this idea of the moon and the fact that the moon uh, may not be what we think it is. Uh, yeah, well, this is this is one of the most fascinating things uh, because there's a I mean a lot of people have already told us that the moon shouldn't be there. It's too big. It's too light. And and I think everybody probably well, most people have probably heard about what happened when they sent the 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 a part of the landing gear the, the the landing capsule back down onto the moon when when one of the Apollo mission was was leaving and the moon at the, smashed into the surface of the moon and it and it rang it resonated like a bell like a bell like 40, yeah like for forty minutes I mean you know if that doesn't doesn't sort of start getting people asking a few questions I don't know what would and also the fact that the moon is absolutely the right size to cover up the sun when there's an eclipse the chances of that being in that place with all that is is so incredible the the the, the odds are even longer than the number of of of, uh, of different permutations you can have of reading the book so really i mean the moon absolutely is artificial and and so and what happens in the book is that the the moon starts to rotate or, or, or it speeds up its rotation because of course as we know it rotates as it goes around the earth but we only see one side of it well in the book we see that the moon starts to rotate faster so that the back side of the moon comes and faces to the earth and what happens is that all the flux of the matrix energy which is which is directed to the earth and which dumbs us all down that that declines and so there are three or four days for example and in the story there are three or four days when there is absolutely no no influence from the matrix and and so people start waking up and not only do people start waking up but the people among us who are reptilians uh, their eyes suddenly become reptilian and they have to go around with dark glasses on uh, all the time during that period. Uh, they're not sunglasses, they're moon glasses. And so <laughs> this, is, this gives you an idea of how the, the different stories sort of to spin together. As you were writing this and as you were considering these ideas, how much uh, had you considered them prior to uh, putting them into this form. For example, this whole idea that the moon is artificial, it's it's not a natural body. Uh, had you thought about that a lot prior to writing this book? Oh, sure, sure. I mean, and there is, um, there is a, a, very, a very famous book, uh, um, and there is, in fact, a, on one of the, uh, one of the, one of the, shots of, of of a so-called website you actually see the the, the the book so there are there are uh very well documented um items that you can find yeah no uh, you know we've had we've actually we've actually had folks on the program that have uh, talked about this there's you yeah, know yeah. it's it's, yeah, it's right. a theory that has been uh circulated and discussed at at some length um, i'm just curious yeah. about you personally is it something that you uh, had had pay, had paid interest attention to prior to uh writing the book i mean i knew about it 
I, I knew about it, but and so I can't say that I, that, that came to me. <laughs> but uh, it seemed to fit in so well. Yeah, and um, and of course the the idea of the moon rotating. Well, that is that is something new, right? Uh, and and the idea of what effect that would have with the, with the matrix uh, waxing and waning obviously is is fascinating if we start thinking what that would lead to would lead to it's very fascinating and i want to go back to something that you said early on in our discussion uh you talked about a one of the ideas in the book about a film called i think it was called space peace and yeah. uh no, star, star i'm sorry piece. star piece that's right um and 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 the fact that uh, there was actually some alien involvement in this, once again, go back to that and, and give us a bit of a, an idea of what this is about. Well, the 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 movie uh, was a follow-on from obviously um, Star Wars, but this was this this was there's a mention of, of of a new franchise and all this kind of thing. And so when there's the when there is the premiere, there are these UFOs over all the cinemas, and uh, and they just stay there for as long as the movie is sh- is being screened so after about over all the th- over all the theaters that are showing the film yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so this means that people get used to the idea of course everybody thinks that it's that it's a, a publicity stunt but uh, when the movie finally gets pulled then all the ufo's head off for antarctica and we realize that it's rather beyond the remit, remit of, a, of a movie company, of a movie, of movie producers. And so they, they go to Antarctica and they blast this two-mile-deep hole in the ice and reveal the, the ruins of Zandonatis, which was the city that was mentioned in Gen... Well, about, which was about the, the city, that, the civilization that was in, in uh, Genesis Antarctica. Gordon, I want to talk about time. You mentioned earlier in our discussion that uh, time uh, is explored differently in this book. Explain it. You say there's no time? Yeah. Well, time is an illusion. Uh, there are a lot of people who, who are talking about about this 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 subject. That's right. And and I find it and I find it absolutely fascinating uh, because in that we are only. We only experience time that passes when we are incarnated on Earth. But everywhere else, uh, it's just very much a flux. So so this was something that I felt was important to get across, the idea of there being no time. And on the, on the book's cover, as you will have seen, there is a, a broken clock face, which is sending a very powerful message to say that uh, there is no time here. And so I think that if we had a better perception, a better understanding of the fact that time is an illusion, it might, well, it's a philosophical point, obviously, for us who live time going by, who live with it going by. But still, it's interesting to contemplate and I think to to apply, well, I don't know about apply it to our lives, but anyway, the bigger picture is that, Time is something in which time does not have much of a role to play. It's only when we're down here that that, that we're subject to it. And does does the uh, book present the individual stories or threads um, as happening simultaneously? 
Oh, Without they, time? It, that is not said explicitly. Okay. But, but one can kind of... Uh, Kind of deduce that. No, there, there are there are there are some sequences. For example, there are there are disclosures from a being known as Elaguel, who is a reptilian uh, angel, and but he is the intermediary bet be between the no time dimension and the, the dimension on Earth. And but he does give five disclosures to a sort of a committee or, or some people who are listening to him. And it's obvious that, the, that there is one after the other. He has to play the rules of, of, of time, of time passing. However, um, one will notice that everything he says, he only uses the present tense. He never uses the future. He never uses the past. So this is a little quirk that gives you a hint that there's something not quite as we find it. You uh, mentioned it, so I'm going to have to ask you about it. Reptilian angels. Now, you mentioned reptilians when you were talking about the moon and the matrix. Uh, yes. But reptilian angels, what are we talking about here? Well, we are talking about the, 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 the dark forces and the, and the forces of light. And we're kind of in, intimating that actually they're all the same. Because uh, the darkness will generate light because we will be seeking for it. So it doesn't mean that there is actual evil, but there is an opposite of light. And uh, this is something which we have to experience to get both sides of, of, of the story, uh, uh, the story of the book and also our life story or our incarnate, multiple incarnation story. When you talk about reptilians in the, in the um, context of the book, uh, as you did again when we were talking about the moon and just now, uh, are these the reptilians that uh, many people might uh, reference as uh, an extraterrestrial race? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, and they're they're, they're shape shifting, so they they can actually appear as as one wants them to appear, or they, or as they want themselves to be perceived. And in in the first book, they 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 are flying chariots drawn by horses with wings uh, but we also see in in the in the new book that they they are responsible for apparently negative things but from negative things there are born there are born wonderful wonderful stories of 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 valor and and value so um well, one might say that the darkness gives us an opportunity to shine. When someone reads the book um, and they, do they need a knowledge of some of these concepts ahead of time or is it presented in a way that they don't need that, uh, that information going into it? No, no. I mean, no, no. The, the, the thing is that in the book, there are, there are some experts and there are also um, some people who are very, Shall we say ordinary? Uh, there's Maeve and Dave, and these are these 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 are a couple of people who live in a in a town in the middle of England, and they realise that something's funny is happening because he likes to look at the he's got a telescope and he and he he realises that the moon is turning, uh, and uh, and he tells his his wife uh, um, uh, Mavis 
you know, and she says, oh, what you're talking about, you know, don't be so silly. And anyway, they, they, they realize that, that there is something going on and they actually get recruited for a seminar in Scotland uh, and they go to this, this castle in Scotland and they, they meet up with all the other characters that we've met in the, in, in the book. And so they have their, just to show that their position, which they don't have any spiritual background really, or none at all, they're, they're just honest, good folk, but they are also exposed to some of these philosophical uh, ideas that are being put forward. And so they too are being enlightened and, and for the stage of, of, for which they're ready. So um, this this gives an idea of, of how it can influence different people and that you don't need to be a, a, a great philosopher to, to, to get something out of the book. When you read the book, do you come away with any, um, I guess I'll use the word answers to any of these, what we would consider to be um, deep questions that you present? I, I, there's no definite answer to any of these questions. We all right. have... We all have our own answers, and but 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 it hopefully uh, it might encourage people to go and find what answers they need. Gordon, you're in uh, where? You're France, right? Uh, living in France, yeah, the south of France. So it's early for you in the morning. Thank you so much it's, for getting up for this. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Um, uh, there, there's one one point um, I think perhaps it would be important to mention is is the fact that the book uh, it's not just text. It's not just pages and pages of text. There are about 170, about 175, 180 illustrations. There are also newspaper articles. And there are even uh, web pages. You have to turn the book around if you've got the uh, if you've got if you've got the paper back, uh, so that you can read it as as if you were reading a web page. Uh, so this is this the idea of all this is to create uh, a sort of a parallel reality because you because it looks convincing, or at least I hope it does. Excuse, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you: um, Do you still paint and draw and and uh, practice no. some of the other art? No, 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 no. It's no. all it's all words for you now. It's all words now, but but uh, there's no doubt that having had that visual background, that's why I'm tempted to to have uh, to have visuals in the, in the book. And because these days we never we never see illustrations in books, or well, very very rarely, unless and unless they're on on sort of how to decorate your home or something. But I mean novels or novels or, or books of philosophy you you might get the odd diagram a sketch or a, or, or a graph or something but you don't have you don't have pictures or images which which help the story along because and it can save after all it can save doing a, a long description after all a picture is worth a thousand words if we didn't have the pictures it would be about eight, 800 pages thick <laughs> you um we, I think we have time for one more of the ideas, concepts that you present in the book uh, that make it so fascinating, and that's the the one of frozen souls. What's the frozen souls uh, discussion about? Okay, now the frozen, yeah, that's, this is this this was not uh, anything that we've heard anywhere else. But the frozen souls, uh, it, it's important <laughs> that when the Zandonatis civilization 
was abandoned because Antarctica was was going south and getting cold. Uh, they the reptilian angels took them off to what would become Atlantis and Mu and everything. But there were a number of souls who were not incarnated, and they didn't know where to go, so they stayed among the ruins of the, well, what became the ruins of, of Zandonatis, and it all got covered by ice. Now, when the UFOs come and blast their two-mile-deep hole in the ice, the, these souls get liberated, and they, start, they, and they start being born into bodies all over the world. And the strange thing that happens is that just before the baby is born, the spirit of the frozen soul enters the body and the mum and the child go sort of virtually blue with, with cold. And the first few times it happened, I mean, you can imagine that all the, all the uh, maternity, maternity clinics were, were, just didn't understand what was going on. But they discovered that after a few hours or even, you know, an hour and a half, uh, everything came back to normal. But those souls are... Uh, souls from Zandonatis, and they are going to bring about a revolution in the human race. That's the... (laughs) (laughs) When you... um, Somebody reads the book, what do you want them to walk away with? What what type of message do you want them to receive? And what type of feeling do you want them to have? Other than just obviously enjoying it. Yeah, um, just that the importance of imagination what i what i really want to do is to spark imagination because as our dear friend uh, albert einstein said you know it is something which is so important if you are if you have imagination you have creative possibilities and creation is the energy of the universe so it, the idea is to to help people wake up a bit and 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 perhaps be stimulated to to be imaginative as well. That's the idea. It, because being having an imagination means you are also creative. And once you're on that path, you are among the gods. Tell me more about the random generator uh, ac- computer uh, that folks can access. I'm assuming it's a website or a web access kind of thing, yeah. with, which yeah. can help them uh, determine a random way to read the book. They, yes, indeed. Uh, there are also um, a dozen or so ready-made random random sequences if people don't want to do that. But uh, yes, you can you can go and get yourself your your very own uh, permutation and just see where it where it takes you. And of course, there are going to be the first ten items that you read. It's you you're going to be lost because it'll probably be be in in five or six different stories. But the more you read, the more you, the more things come together and you begin to see the whole picture. And, uh, and, and it's, and it, it, it's quite an, in, an interesting experience. And, and you, in a way, you know, you get, you get two books for the price of one. You read it first all the way through and then you read it this other way uh, and, well, you, you will see it in a whole different light. You um, are... are always creative always working always uh, got something in mind what's next on your plate uh-huh um actually i've got one or two ideas but i i they're not i'm not yet ready to 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 say what they are because i i really haven't uh, i really haven't 
worked it out yet because yeah. everything is of course on the on the launch but but there are there are ideas floating around and uh, at the right time the the, the something will arrive <laughs> Uh, once again, uh, we're out of time here, but tell me where people can get the book. I know we've covered it, but I want to hear it again and where people can continue sure. to follow your work. Sure. Okay. Well, yeah, you can you can get it on 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 Amazon, on Amazon or all over the world, uh, and you just go to Amazon and just enter uh, uh, Revelation Antarctica, and you'll find there is the paperback available and the Kindle. Uh, ultimately, we were planning. We're planning also on doing a, a, an audiobook version, and uh, and our website uh, re, uh, revelationantarctica dot uh, com, uh, where you will see a bit of background. And this is an ongoing site, uh, so you can, if you come back and do it in, in a few weeks, there, there will be more there, but there's already quite a bit to, to give you an idea. I just, I forgot to ask this and I wanted to ask it before we left and you may have mentioned it earlier in the discussion, but the title itself, where did that come from? Um, well, it was, the first book was called Genesis Antarctica. That's right. So, and, and Genesis, Genesis, uh, Genesis is of course the first book in the Bible and Revelation is the last book in the Bible. Bible. So this this is sending a sort of a subliminal message, or perhaps not so subliminal, but uh, let's say that it that it is taking us on on a journey which has some spiritual resonance, uh, and and it's also about revealing secrets and and uh, maybe things which appear strange, but but the idea is though for people to experience a revelation within themselves and get their own energy to get their own creativity going. That's what, that's what I would love to see happen. Once again, the name of the book is revelation Antarctica and you can that's get it. it in all those places that uh, Gordon just told, told us about. Uh, Amazon is probably the easiest Gordon. Again, thank you so much for being here. It's always a great conversation. We love having you on the program. Look forward to the next time you're with us. Pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so a little bit of fun here as we wind up the night. Um, that Thumbrella product by Crapco, by the way, was a brainchild after I'd actually burned my thumb grabbing, grabbing potatoes out of the microwave. Well, they're it, called it really, hot potatoes for a reason. Well, they weren't hot when they went in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should have thought about it a little bit more. Hey, there's something I wanted I wanted to talk about. I meant to do it earlier, but we had those uh, internet issues, uh, which kind of messed things up in the beginning of the show. Uh, but uh, there's a news story out that uh, NASA is planning more Mars exploration, which is kind of cool in itself. But one of the NASA scientists, Jim Green, doesn't believe that the public will be able to handle the idea that life exists or once existed on Mars if it turns out to be so. Mm. In fact, uh, the scientist, Jim Green, says it'll be revolutionary. It'll start a whole new line of thinking, and I don't think we're prepared for the results, according to Green. Now, in 2020, NASA's Mars rover, which will launch, I think, next July, will be the first to collect samples of Martian materials and send them back to Earth. It's called the ExoMars rover, and it's actually going to drill into Mars's crust. And since the surface of Mars is believed to be radioactive, any life that would or did exist on Mars would most likely be uh, below ground, which is 
particularly of interest now because another news story recently uh, announced that researchers had found new uh, life forms on Earth after drilling deep into the Earth's crust. Hmm. Uh, they deep drilled into some caverns where there certainly should not have been, or at least what wasn't expected to be any life, and they found new life forms there. So it raises the possibility that they may find the same thing on Mars. Pretty interesting uh, idea. Yeah. Well, are either of these crusts cheese stuffed? That's what I want to know. Yeah, see, they're not. And that's that's why I don't have a whole lot of interest in, in them at this hour of the night. But <laughs> um, another thing, we've been talking about exorcisms on this program because we've got some guests coming up that might be talking about the topic. Well, a six-year-old boy has died after his father made him swallow hot water from a bathtub as part of an attempted exorcism in Arizona. Hmm. Pablo Martinez told police he was trying to cast out a demon and help the boy, and he held them under held him underwater for about five minutes. Oh. Martinez said he had seen a demon inside the boy and wanted to get it out. He has been arrested. Oh, no. I'm not sure where the problem lied there, if the, the boy had something going on with him or the... The, the father did. Right. Uh, researchers have also, this is good news actually, researchers have developed an artificial blood that can actually be used for all blood types and has no adverse side effects. Hmm. This is a major breakthrough because not only will it offer a new supply of life-saving blood, but this particular artificial blood can be stored at normal temperatures for up to a year. Hmm. Currently, if uh, you know you give blood, uh, the blood only has a shelf life of about 28 days, and it has to be kept and refrigerated. So it makes it very, very difficult to use in um, in remote parts of uh, of the world. So this is a right. real breakthrough. And in, yeah, and in fact, you know, in a time of crisis, when people give blood and there ends up being a surplus that can't be used, I mean, that would eliminate several problems: too much blood and not enough blood. We'll see you tomorrow. Beyond Reality Radio is hosted by Jason Hawes and J.V. Johnson and produced by Alexandria Johnson and Slick Eddie Edwards for Intercom Radio. Beyond Reality Radio is distributed by Westwood One Radio Networks. Stop by our Facebook page and say hello. Follow the hosts on Facebook as well. For Jason Hawes, follow at JasonHawes.taps. For J.V. Johnson, follow at JVJParanormal. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Radio or you have a suggestion for a guest, contact Slick Eddie Edwards at SlickEddieEdwards at gmail.com. Be sure to visit our chat room as well at beyondrealityradio.com. Thanks for listening.